We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Swider from the corner. Yes! And a foul! Is he having himself an afternoon? Swider feeling his third three already. On the drive goes Patty Casey for the basket. <laughs> Backdoor cut. Swider with the jam. This is Swider in close. And one. Welcome to episode seven of the, the Swider Show. Um, there it is. With, with, with Patty Casey. With Patty Casey. Um, obviously, uh, coming off the mailbag episode, we thought it'd be uh, right to kind of just segue into a little Syracuse basketball. Yep. And, uh, so we had we had Girardi on this week. And I thought, obviously, he was a he was a great guest and even kind of just brought some perspective that I didn't even know. Didn't even know. Yeah. No, it was very fun with Joe. Obviously, thanks to him for joining us. Thanks to all you guys, our beloved fans, for for tuning in again for episode seven. We're going to cut it, but Swider actually said episode six inadvertently in the interview. Wow. So I had to call you out there. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Wow. yep. Okay. Uh-huh. No, but, um, yeah, Joe's a great interview. Also, thanks again to everyone who submitted a mailbag question. So I was kind of in the doghouse with my family when the when the episode dropped because my little sister submitted a question. I didn't read it. So Was it the question about the Halloween with costumes? With, with, yeah, well, that was your fault. I asked the question. You said you didn't have a costume, so we moved on. But I also don't have a costume. But, but we but, can acknowledge uh, Kate, it now. Kate, that was yeah, that was a that was a great question, Kate. You're my you're my favorite sibling. Goes without saying. Yep. Um, I apologize for not featuring you last week, but but this is your moment here. So. Yeah, Kate. Um, you're my favorite Casey sibling <laughs> as well, including yep. Patty. So, appreciate you yep. submitting a question. That's fair. Yeah, it was a good question, but. All good questions from everyone last week. It was very fun. It was, it was a good little switch up, but like you said, uh, kind of good to get, get Gerard in this week. Pretty excited to watch him this year. I think he's going to like completely explode. I'm, I'm, I'll put my stake in the ground. Leading the ACC in scoring. Wow. Bang. Yep, back, back to back, back years? Back, 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 back to back, back years. years. Okay. Yep. I, I, actually, I actually love that. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, there's going to be there's gonna be nights – where you look up and Gerard has like 38. I'll say that too. Or maybe 36 at the Dean Dell. <laughs> wow. Just putting a lot of pressure on Joe right now. Even though they don't play that. No, it's not pressure. It's confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if it's a prediction. It's just a guarantee. It's going to happen. Uh, uh, yep. <laughs> All right. So no, Joe's not. I'm going to tell Joe good. not to listen to the opening part of this, uh, this podcast. Why? He'll love it. No, We're gassing just, him up. Yeah, yeah. No, I I love Girardi. Also, also I don't think my predictions are, are making many waves. 
they'll be on Legion. I don't think. I don't think people. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Twitter's gonna pick that up. Nah, for sure. But uh, obviously, obviously, great interview with Joe, and obviously, just been a busy week for for me and uh, the Lakers squad as well. Yeah, I was. was, We're gonna touch on that. We're kind of going back and forth here, joking, but it was a tough week for the Swider Show as we finished recording Thursday. No, no, Wednesday. Wednesday. Released Thursday. Reeves was Friday. Okay. All right, getting all getting all mixed up here. It's the life of the podcaster. It's just you do so many good episodes, it just starts all blending together. <laughs> but then we get the text from Swire the next day that he's out. You're out for what three, four weeks with the stress fracture. So kind of just like take take us through the timeline of that. And obviously, we're very very sorry to hear about that. It like ruined my day. But you'll be back. Yeah. So basically, at the beginning of preseason, we we have our uh, our preseason. Um, physicals that, that, that we do right before the start of training camp and um, w- went into the start of training camp and um, feeling good, feeling ready to go. And um, so we, we did MRIs, just, just precautionary MRIs. And, um, and that MRI came back that I had a stress reaction in my foot. So um, came back, was, 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 obviously, was obviously playing and, and, and playing in preseason and stuff like that. But I had, I had to take a, a week off before, um, before the training camp started to try and calm it down. We, we, we implemented some new uh, some some new therapy that I could do I, I got insoles and basically they told me like hey like, let's let's revisit this in a month um, come back and come back in a month and and we'll see if it got better or worse and actually the my MRI was on that Thursday morning um, after we recorded the episode on on Wednesday okay yeah the day of the Clippers game right after opening night um, Obviously, going to bed that night thinking like, "Hey, I have an MRI, but I gotta get ready for my game against the, the Clippers." Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think just just w- woke up, went to the MRI, and um, shortly thereafter, they told me that it got a little worse. Not, nothing, nothing too crazy because I, I still didn't have any yeah. pain. Um, but they wanted to be uh, very pr- precautionary, and uh, yep. and they, they wanted me to. Um, t- take these four weeks and, and really get my foot right because it, they think if I were to keep going that it would turn into a stress fracture and a stress fracture in this particular bone in my in my foot um, would w- would take longer to heal. So, going to be out four weeks and then uh, probably probably a one or two week ramp up. So, just just kind of kind of going from there. Uh, just obviously it stinks. You know what I mean. The season starting, but um, I I think with obviously all the things that we've done from. From the season last year to pre-draft to um, summer league to we started workouts August first. It's um, I haven't really had a break, so this this will be a good opportunity mm-hmm. for me to rest a little bit, and then I'll, I'll be ready to go once I get back. And obviously, the NBA is a long season. I, I think I was telling you guys like, yeah. like it's 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 three college seasons basically. You know what I mean? Like we played. Yeah, six- I was gonna say when you when you get back, you still have two full college seasons left. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have like yeah, sixty like games 65. left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's obviously uh, it's a bummer, um, something that I never thought would happen. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to approach it with an open mindset and, and, and ready to go for when I get back. Right. So you've experienced like no real pain. Yeah, I think that's that's been the hardest part about it. Cause it, let's yeah, it's the most frustrating part. Sprain my yeah. ankle bad or or break my ankle. Like you you kind of know when you're getting to that point of feeling good enough, feeling feeling better. Um, but. But yeah, this this kind of just came out of the blue. I know Ryan Rollins actually dealt, dealt with the same thing with the Golden State Warriors that he wasn't feeling any okay. pain and he couldn't even play in summer league 
because he had that stress reaction shown on his MRI. So it sucks. So I, 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 I think overall it's um, it's it's tough, but at the end of the day, I, I still have a long season ahead, and there's going to be some opportunities with the team. So um, overall, just looking forward and and just trying to get better each and every day. So what what does your day to day look like right now? Is kind of rehabbing and are you able to work out or do anything physical at all or is it really just rest because obviously if with overuse it, I'd imagine it would get a little bit more like uh, impact worse I don't know I don't know what word I'm trying to say but you get you get what I'm getting at yeah yeah for sure yeah so so for me right now it's um, just lifting a lot I'm, I got put in a boot for two weeks so um, I obviously have the boot on um, and then I'm, I'm able to bike but I got a bike with I got a bike with the boot on, so Oof. yeah. So it's just one of those things where it's just trying to trying to be as as cautionary as possible. Just trying to take all the proper precautions and do all the right things so I can when I come back in four weeks, it's hopefully it's it's gone or if it's not gone, it's close to gone and I I, I can come back and play. So um, I, I think I think just taking it day by day. Um, obviously, wake up in the morning, go and eat breakfast, and usually treatment. After treatment, get a lift in, do, do some conditioning. Um, and then just honestly, just get ready for the, for the team to practice, and then I'll then I'll do some form shooting, um, like from, from from around the spots, and just trying to keep keep my motion. So when I get back, it's, it's, it's yeah, obviously yeah. it's gonna, it's going to be different um, because I haven't jumped in four weeks at that point. But ho- hopefully, it's just a smooth transition back, and um, obviously be able to be able to shoot the ball shoot the ball at a high level again. What if you're, are you just gonna go straight upper body? Just come back with like a giant chest, giant biceps, everything? Man, I, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, but <laughs> we, we we have a we have a great medical staff and a great strength yeah, conditioning yeah. program with the Lakers. And I actually, uh, not to cut you off, sorry, but I was gonna ask the difference between because um, it was basically the same time of the year last year that you sprained your ankle pretty bad. And you're out. What was it like? I don't even know. What was it? Two weeks? Two not and even. Half weeks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to ask, like, sort of the contrast in – because obviously when you're a college student, you have class, you have all this other stuff going on, and you're trying to balance rehab. But now this is your your full-time gig. It's just day in, day out trying to get your body right. So kind of what's the difference there? Yeah, I'm also a part-time podcaster, so i gotta, I got to balance that as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I forgot I forgot to mention that. Big fan of the show. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I don't – yeah, basically every single morning – I mean, I'm waking up and this is my job. I don't have to go to class. I don't have to do any of the, the, the kind of the extra stuff, the study hall, the, the homework, anything like that. So, um, honestly, for me, it's just waking up, going to the going to the gym, um, and then just doing all the things I need to do in terms of therapy. So, obviously, it's um, there's different treatments, shockwave treatment. There's um, there's the, they, they massage the area. They try and get blood flow to the to the particular bone so it, it can it, it can heal faster. Um, a lot of rest. Um, just honestly, just making sure I'm doing all the right things. Obviously, I'm in a boot now. I'm icing my foot every single day. Um, I don't know. Stress, stress, stress reactions a little different than than, than a normal thing because um, the the ice can obviously bring uh, bring certain blood and, and movement to the mm-hmm. area, okay. but it's it's not gonna it's it's not like uh, like a swollen ankle where you can right. see kind of like right. the the inflammation going down. So I think for me, honestly, it's just just trying to do everything I can to stay off my foot, um, like and, and yeah. honestly, it's, it's yeah. that. I mean, that's that's kind of like a, a stress a stress reaction is for usually from overworking. So, um, right, try, right. trying to yeah, that's what that's that got to be. Obviously, for anyone, it's it's frustrating. But um, 
you're not a big rest guy. I don't know you to be a guy to like take it easy, so it's definitely very frustrating. But like I said before, you'll be back, and uh, yeah, when you when you return, it'll obviously, you know, the 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 whole process will be over, and um, yeah, it'll be positive. But we're pulling for you as a podcast, of course. Can't wait for the return. We'll, we'll, yep, we'll, yep, we'll, appreciate we'll, it. we'll provide some check-ins every week with with how the the rehab's going and everything, but. Um, yeah, I guess just kind of moving into our segments here. Sheridan has actually graced us with his presence this week, Swider. He decided to to free up his calendar, free up his schedule, and and join us this week. So uh, I think we're gonna pivot to him for the stat of the week. I don't know. He said it's good. I don't know. Is it Q's football related or not? Because we get we do have to touch on them real quick. Yeah, uh, Patty. Thanks. You know good introduction you had there for me but with my stats i like to go off of basketball you know it's like a basketball pod we got going on here a lot of basketball guests but patty this one's for you what what this one this stat, is, it a, is it a is it a stat or a question it's a stat all right oh wow i can't wait let's hear it the astros won 106 games this season right right the phillies 187 mm-hmm the 19-win difference is the second largest between World Series opponents in MLB history. The only one that was larger was in 1906, with the 116-win Cubs lost the World Series to the 93-win White Sox. So if history's there for you, Patty. Wow. I do love that one. I do love that one. I actually I remember that fondly, too. The 06 World Series was an absolute grudge match. <laughs> so if it's anything, if it's anything like... Uh, that was back in the day. Then we're in for a treat. But I got I got Phil's. We'll go gentleman sweep. Phil's in five. five. Five games. Yeah, I think. I mean, they're just obliterating teams right now. It's like actually, I mean, like the, incredible. The Astros are the Astros. Yeah, are the, the Astros. Yeah, that's true. They're really good. But um, yeah, I mean, Philly sport. We were talking about it off air, but Philly sports is just on fire right now between the Eagles and the. Hey, can I talk about kind of talk about your next nine days? I mean. Or the nine oh, well, days. Well, Philly's cool. next. Nine days. I think I'm going to be uh, on site in Philly this weekend. I think I got to go for for the World Series. Also, I think I might go to the Eagles game. So it's just just a big. I mean, this as a Philly sports fan, I've never experienced anything like this where all three teams are. I'm not the biggest Sixers fan. I'm a huge diehard Lakers fan now, so I'm not the biggest Sixers fan. But I've never experienced where both teams like. If the Eagles are playing well, usually the Phillies have been done playing meaningful games for like a couple months because they've been struggling. But, no, it's just awesome. And, I mean, Bryce Harper is just – I think the whole city would literally die for that, man. Yeah. Um, obviously, Philly, Philly sports fans are electric right now, but it's a big weekend in Syracuse this weekend for Syracuse yep. football. Yep. Hosting uh, Notre Dame, the Notre Dame Irish. The, no, so, no, the, uh, fi- the fighting Irish. Don't leave the fighting part up. I don't know about this year. <laughs> hey man, we beat UNLV this weekend. But wow, this is this is like a win-win for me. Th- this Q's, podcast could beat UNLV. Ah, <laughs> oh, here we go. Let's come on. What if there's some running rebels tuning into the pod and you just you just piss them off? We're not talking about basketball. We're talking about football. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's not that's not totally far off. I didn't even watch most of the game, but um, it's like a win-win for me. Because if Cuse wins, then Cuse wins. You're a Syracuse fan. And if the Irish win, then I'm an Irish fan. So it's 
it's kind of the ideal situation. But that game over the weekend was was pretty frustrating. I, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and make a statement right now. If either of those refs ask to be on the podcast, they're not allowed on. <laughs> so the refs of those the Q's the Q's Clemson game at Death Valley this weekend don't even try and reach out to the email because we're saying no. Adam actually told me that he got two emails from him, and we actually have oh, for the rest. Week, <laughs> All right, well I won't be here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, any sports fans like oh the refs, but if you watch the second half, you know what I'm talking about. It was it was pretty tough, but they played very well. Their defense is nasty. So quick quick story about that. Obviously, um, I wasn't able to practice, so I'm, I'm getting updates throughout the practice, um, and they try to put. Put the game on the TV in the practice facility just so I could peek over every once in a while to see if. Mm-hmm. Like, but mm-hmm. a- ABC was not working. Really? ABC was really? not working in the practice facility. That's bizarre. So I'm over on the sidelines. Kind of. Are you sure? Or was that just a lie they were telling you? Like you're you're the rookie trying to curl, control the TV, and they're like, "Yeah, dude." No, I mean, the, I mean, <laughs> it actually yeah, not wasn't working. Out anybody, but there was a strength coach that that that, 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 <laughs> that tried to put it on for me while the team was practicing. We have a big TV you can see from the court. Um, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. if you're in like a certain area, you can see it. So, Le- LeBron right, right. came off the court and uh, he looked at his phone. And he was like, "Yo, Cole, your orange are up right now." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh shoot, no way!" Uh, then, <laughs> yeah. then he obviously went back, and I didn't hear. I didn't hear again until someone yeah. told me later on yeah, that, yeah. That, that that they lost. But yeah, crushing loss. Um, shout out to my guys for for fighting. Though they, they definitely put up a fight. They're up twenty one seven. Oh yeah. It's honestly inspiring to watch that team play. They, they, they played so well oh, all year. Oh, it um, is. They, they play super hard. They mm-hmm. play together. and um, Obviously, just a, it's a tough loss over the weekend, but I, I feel like they're going to bounce back bounce back this weekend. Yeah. The city's, like, on fire, too. It's like, this, this weekend for, the, obviously, Notre Dame going there, it's going to be pretty electric, as the kids say. I mean, so. I, I was in uh, Vegas right before they, they played BYU in Vegas, and there was Notre Dame fans there on a, on a Wednesday. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're yeah. everywhere. Unreal. It's kind of like Syracuse basketball but, uh, fans, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah, they're diehard too. They know everything yeah. about the team. But, um, yeah, I obviously last weekend we did a full mailbag episode. Do we want to do a mailbag question of the week real quick? This is from Claire McGrath. She said, "Hi guys, I'm a sophomore in high school and I'm interested in playing basketball in college. The recruiting process seems overwhelming." Which avenue do you think is the best way to get noticed by college coaches? Um, and then she lists, like, playing AU tourneys, going to prospect camps, attending showcases, um, or working with a recruiting company. And then she also asked, do you re- recommend reaching out to college coaches, expressing interest in playing for their programs? Thanks, Claire. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great question. And, and the first, my first gut response to this is if you really want to play college basketball, you'll exhaust every resource that you have to, to get there right yep. so I, first of all I would say all of the above but if I, I would definitely say there's 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 one way of doing it over others obviously if you're on a good AAU team play with that AAU team use those resources use the coach use uh, your high school coach reach out to the schools that, that they have access to um, and then after that I, I would honestly just just attend all the camps that you can attend all the camps that make sense um, I would usually go to the camps that are, are known for having college coaches there. Um, it, hopefully, um, you, you get invited to those, and 
and honestly, just just play really hard. I, obviously, me and Patty's recruiting experiences are totally different. I, <laughs> I got offered my first yeah. scholarship when I was a freshman in high school, so I can't really relate to um, being a senior and not have like not knowing where I was going to go. So. Um, I, th- I think I think from my experience, just, just exhaust every resource you have. If you, if you really want this, you're going to do everything that it takes to get there. Um, right. And it always it always comes to fruition. They're they're eventually going to find you. You're eventually going to be in the place where you're supposed to be. And uh, honestly, honestly, for me, it's, it's reach out to every coach that you can. Like the worst thing that can happen mm-hmm. is, is is they say no. And like Patty did last year, Patty reached yeah. out to every single Division One coach in the country. <laughs> uh, yeah. I actually know Claire. She's from Scranton, like most of the mailbag questions. But, um, yeah, definitely, first of all, it is very overwhelming. And it's like this hard process that gets so frustrating at times. My biggest thing, like you said, it's there's me and your recruiting process is just, like, completely different. It's not even comparable. It's swimming in different circles. Like, you had you had people, like, you know, reaching out to you on your own accord. But... I would say the biggest thing is just not get discouraged because you will reach out to these college coaches. There are college coaches that will express interest in you, and she's definitely good enough to play in college. Not worried about that at all. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of like not being careful who you talk to, but it's just like, I mean, you know how college coaches is. Like they're, they're, they're casting such a wide net. But the other thing is it's very, very exciting too. It's super, like, it, it's stressful and overwhelming at times, but – as any listener has picked a college, like it's a pretty, you know, exciting thing. Claire's very good. She's also very smart. So it could be, you know, the reason I went to U Sciences at first is because I wouldn't have gotten in without basketball. You know what I mean? Like school wise. So obviously you could use that avenue. Um, but <laughs> whenever I hear a question like this, my dad, actually, uh, Togo Palazzi, who we've talked about before, yeah, he, yeah, he played at Holy Cross gave my dad some advice when me and my older brother Bobby were going through the recruiting process and he said it's honestly like dating like you don't want to be the one chasing the girl everywhere you go you want the girl to be chasing you because if there's these programs that you're reaching out to so much and you know they're not getting back to you and stuff it's very discouraging but like I said a bunch of times Claire's a very good player so there's going to be a lot of programs that are reaching out to her and those are the ones that you know like that's where you get the perfect situation and like you and said, i will say this works I, out so having two sisters who are play division one basketball yeah. or one of my both of them were committed like kylie's obviously been at villanova for three years and uh courtney's been uh she's committed to richmond it is a little different than, than, than the men's game right I, like my sister w- was having to reach out to coaches, e- even though she ended up committing high major in the Atlantic Ten. Like, yeah. Like, so, so I, I know the yeah, yeah. this game is a lot different. Like, they're not going to send a, a coach out to see you unless you reach out. So, I, I, I would really? say, yeah, no, it's, it's oh, a lot really? different. Like, I, I remember, uh, unless you're at those big tournaments and they see you there. But, uh, right. for example, my, my sister loved right. NC State, um, and my mom, my mom was reaching out to him, everything like that, and. They end up being able to go on an unofficial visit, but that was the first time the coaches have, had, had seen my sister. Like they, oh, really? they saw her play briefly, but oh, they really? hadn't seen her play enough. And then they they saw the interest that my sister was expressing, and then they, they sent a coach out to see her. So I think I think the women's game is a little bit different, and I think reaching out to coaches and making sure that, that you show that you're interested at first um, is definitely a good move definitely. to do. So um, it's a little definitely. bit different. It doesn't have this same budget, like it or not, it doesn't have the same budget as, as some of these men's college programs. And um, I, right. I, I would definitely say just just try and get right. out there, try and do everything you can, and then 
I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to work out the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually very useful information. I didn't know that because obviously I have five brothers who have gone to college. My sister's 12, so she's not necessarily getting recruited yet. She will in years, though. Oh, she's coming, though. She's coming, though. But, um, yeah, no, just to kind of encapsulate all of it, I would just, Claire, have confidence. It's going to work out. It's very exciting, but also, you know, overwhelming, like you said. But, um, yeah, that was a great question. That sparked a great uh, conversation there. So thanks to Claire for the question. And Like it always does. Oh, yeah. The mailbag question of the week hits every week. Yeah, no, for sure. Obviously, thank Thanks to everyone for listening, and uh, we have a great guest in Joe Girard coming up next. So, uh, Patty, great job as always. I don't think we Obviously, uh, it's, it's been a blast so far. Had, had a lot of great guests, but um, this, this week me and Patty and Adam and Jake were thinking just to kind of get a little segue into the Syracuse basketball season. Obviously, and if you think Syracuse basketball right now, we're, we're bringing you guys the best. Yep. Face of the program. Yep. We'd like to thank you. Uh, we'd like to thank Joe Gerard for coming on. Joe, thanks for coming on, bro. Yes, sir. It's good to see you, fellas. I know. It's, it's been yeah, a while. It's good to see you, too, Gerardi. Thanks for joining us. Uh, question. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been a while. Um, I mean, first things yeah. first, I, I think it's just easy to ask. Well, how's the team looking so far? Are you looking forward to tomorrow's game? We're recording this on Monday, so uh, they're going to be playing IUPUI tomorrow. But Or IUP. IUP. Come on. Give some respect to the D2 fellas. Honestly, I've said probably I <laughs> about 10 times. Yeah, it, is, it, is it is very confusing. confusing. Yeah, it is. Uh, no, the squad's looking good. Um, I mean, everybody's talked about it. We had six six freshmen that were coming in this year, one transfer. So um, it was a big turnover. I mean, we lost a lot of scoring, obviously, with you, Buddy, and Jimmy. Um, but, you know, these freshmen come in. They're all competing, working hard. And, uh, I mean, they're everything that everybody said about them, honestly. So um, it's been good to see. Uh, obviously, it'll be – uh, a little bit different, just seeing how they do against in a real, you know, game-like situation um, tomorrow. But yeah, that's what these exhibitions are for, um, and uh, should be fun. Yeah, man. I, I mean, obviously, just being back a little bit and seeing the the freshman play, they're, they're obviously super talented, super athletic. What's what's one of the things that's that's been kind of refreshing, just having these new guys come in, just obviously a bunch of new faces. Um, and yeah. who's been some of the guys who's kind of impressed you so far? Yeah, honestly, I think the biggest thing is just like they brought like a new energy. Um, you know, obviously last year we had a lot of veterans and a lot of guys who kind of already knew what it was like. Um, there wasn't really a need for the coaches to get on us so much just because we we were veterans. We knew what it took to win at the level. Obviously, we didn't win as much as we wanted to, but it was still every practice was competitive, every practice was organized, all that kind of stuff. But with the new with the new guys, you know, you, these coaches are a little bit more on top of everything. You know, a little bit more on top of the guys, just making sure that we're doing everything the right way because there is so many new guys and they don't really know what to expect yet. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, honestly, just hearing from the coaches even more, um, getting coached some more and uh, being able to be, you know, for me, the veteran and the leader that, um, you know, these guys kind of need to rely on. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, honestly, all of them, coaches, coaches talked about it too. I think all of them will be able to step in right away in different aspects, uh, but they're all, like you said, so talented and athletic and have the ability to help out the team that, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Um, like I said, when we start games, but I mean, I think coach can trust a lot of them and, and, and all of them, you know, if need be. Wow. Yeah, it's great to hear. Uh, Girardi, you, met, you left me out of the guys that we lost scoring wise, which I guess I'll look past that. Well, Patty's per 40 was pretty crazy last year. <laughs> oh, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, I might've led the country or at least the ACC. Yeah. But, uh, 
sticking on that point, I wanted to ask you, you have a pretty like unique perspective as someone, like now you're the leader of the team, but once upon a time you were the, the young freshman getting minutes and kind of like right away when you got there you were like cast into that role. So kind of how have you talked to that and gone from being, you know, like the young guy to now you're like the mentor to them? Yeah, yeah it's been a big change. I think this this season's kind of so like similar to my freshman year. My freshman year we came in with five guys. Um, and the only ones who were really returning that, you know, kind of solidified themselves was obviously Elijah Hughes, um, Buddy, and uh, Marek at the time. And mm-hmm. the rest of us were obviously competing for jobs. And going into it, um, I was just trying to get on the court, like, you know, coming off the bench, hopefully getting in there 15, 20 minutes a game and, you know, supply some energy to, you know, help the team win. Um, but when I first got there and kind of, you know, was working hard, realizing in practice and workouts that, you know, I think I could, you know, take it to another level. Um, I think my, I really got my, my chance during these exhibitions, actually, my freshman year, these were big for me. Um, I got in there for, you know, the 10, 15 minutes I got in the exhibitions, I scored 10, 11 points at whatever it was and uh, brought some energy. So I think just being the, the young guy, I guess any advice is just go out there and play. Um, I mean, they've, like I said, they've done that really, really well so far in practices. They're all competing for jobs and they know that. Um, so that's kind of why there's been so much competitiveness and uh, so much energy. So I've had a lot of fun watching it and playing, playing with these guys, but um, it's good to kind of be the guy who's watching these guys compete. I mean, obviously pushing me to go, go a lot farther, um, but it's kind of, it's kind of uh, refreshing not to be the guy who's, you know, pressed to try and get some time. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're the old head now. It's crazy. crazy. I know. I, I never, never <laughs> thought I'd see a day, honestly. You never yeah. think about these days. <laughs> no. No, it's, it's funny that you say that, Joe, because obviously you said that you came in with five guys, and now you're the only uh, – you and Jesse, you and Jesse, but you and Jesse yeah. are the only ones who are still yeah. around. Talk, Kind of talk about just, like, this new era of college basketball with the transfer portal, and obviously it's it's a rarity now to stay four, four years at a school. And, and talk about just, just your journey yeah. and, and just the loyalty that you felt to Coach Bayheim, Syracuse, and, and obviously you love Syracuse. So just talk, kind of just talk about that. About that. Yeah, so – and like you said, me, Jesse, and I think Bull, Bull too. Bull came in with us. Oh, yep, yep, Bull, yep. Well, the three of us, um, <laughs> like you said, we're the only ones kind of stick out. But in a world today where, you know, like people say it all the time, it's kind of like free agency. Um, and, you know, there's there's pros and cons to it. Obviously, in a situation like yours, there's a lot of pros. And, you know, we saw the, you know, benefits of that. Uh, but then there's sometimes where, um, you know, you can get a guy who comes in for a year, freshman year, uh, they don't get – all the promises that the coaches made to them during recruiting. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're going to another school and because uh, they're running away from competition. So me personally, I've never kind of been that guy. I've always kind of just been someone who's tried to stick it out and believed in myself. Um, and, you know, I had a lot of support here with, uh, you know, the coaches and the, and the staff. So um, I've enjoyed my time a lot here. I wouldn't expect anywhere else to be. Um, and, you know, hopefully it's been pretty successful so far, obviously hoping this senior year will be go really well for us, but, Transport is crazy. I think there's, you know, I leave both sides. You know, like I said, in situations like yours, it's really good for players. Um, but there's obviously some situations where, uh, you know, you can see a highly touted player and never hear from him again. Kind of talk about obviously like playing with Coach Coach Beheim. It's it's tough. You know, what I mean, he's on you. He's he's getting on you and stuff like that. But did did the honesty from Coach Beheim kind of like just? I mean, some guys can't handle the truth, and some guys like like you and me, we grew up in households where we're, we're being told the truth all the time. Did, was that honesty and that transparency that Coach Beheim gives at at all times? Did that kind of like help you make it make decisions after every single year? Because Coach Ray used to talk about it 
all the, all the time. Once we got into this transfer portal situation, he was like, you guys going to have to make a decision after every year now, where it was after maybe three years yeah. or two years. Was that honesty and transparency like a big thing for yeah. you just after each year? No, it's huge. And you kind of hit it on the nail. No matter how Coach Beheim says it, whether it's, you know, screaming at you or what words he uses, he's usually telling the truth. And, you know, he's just being honest with you. Um, it, sometimes it can come off better than other times. But if, if you really sit back and, you know, think about what he's saying, he's, he's usually right. Um, and, you know, for me, honestly, I could, you know, solely admit it. It took me about a year and a half, two years to really, you know, figure that out and, you know, understand it because I was a high school kid coming in. I was young. I, you know, got to pretty much do whatever I wanted in high school. And, 4, 4, you know, 4,000 points. <laughs> I would get yelled at in high school by, you know, cause I was coached by my cousins and my dads. And that was more, that was more so like family tough love. You know what I mean? Like you're getting yelled at by your parents and your cousins who you hear from every day. Um, but you know, coming into, you know, college, hearing it from a hall of famer is a lot different than hearing it from Joe Schmo from Glens Falls. <laughs> so, uh, no offense to my dad, you know, he was a division two player, whatever, but just in general, you know what I mean? So, Going to going to listen to Bayheim's a lot different. Um, and like I said, it took me a little while to really understand it. But once I kind of got past that point, I think it was I, I would say it was probably like my, you know, February, my sophomore year during that COVID year, right before we got to the tournament. I really took it to heart and, you know, started talking to people back home who, you know, I could trust and support. And, you know, we they really just preached to me, just just kind of listen to them. And, you know, I, you know, learned it faster than I pro- or slower than I probably should have. Um, but in reality, it's been the best for me. It's been the best thing for me. And he does a lot of things that, you know, people might not like and people might not be able to handle um, in today's world. But that's just kind of something that I actually, you know, thrive on and kind of enjoy. Um, you know, during the time and during the moment, I might be pissed off about it. But in reality, it's going to make me better. I think one of the best things about, like, Coach, obviously, he's as everyone knows, he's not, like, scared to really say anything and, and put his, like, stake in the ground. So, like, I was reading the press clippings from uh, our guy Rothstein when he was at practice, like, two or three weeks ago. And I think he said it there, or maybe that ACC media day you guys went to. He's just like, he's just like, oh yeah, Joe's gonna average twenty again. <laughs> it's like just like a foregone conclusion. And like all the fans are like, yeah, that probably will happen. But like most coaches would be like, oh no, Joe's gonna have a big year. He's like, no, he's he's getting twenty again. Like, but that's just like how Coach Bayheim is. He he tells it how it is. And like I said, there's times where some people might like it, sometimes where people might not. But. In reality, he's always right, and he's always telling the truth. Yeah, <laughs> and that was that was the biggest thing with me is like I, I, after this season. I mean, you guys both know like, yeah. I, I I wanted I was thinking about I was coming back. You know what I mean? And, and Coach Bayheim's like, no, like, yeah, this is your time to go. This this is your time to go, mm-hmm. and and this is like your best chance. Right. And and for selfishly, like, like I, I was I was like or like with my ego, I'm like. Why would, why would you not want me back? You know what I mean? Like, why, like, why is this even a conversation? Yeah. But he was just so honest with me. He's like, hey, cool. This is, like, your best chance. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. these freshmen are coming in. They're good. You know what I mean? Like, just go and take advantage. You know what I mean? Like, we'd love to have you back. But at the same time, like, this is your this is your opportunity. So that's why I just, I just respect Coach Bayheim so much. It's like, selfishly, like, he, he could have been like, no, Cole, like, stay. Like, we'll be, yeah. we'll be better with you. But, he, but yeah. he had no, like, thoughts around that. He was just like, do what's best for you, and this is your time. Which I respect yeah. so much. That's why. That's why he's been doing it for so long. He just he knows how to. He just knows what he's talking about. It's, yeah. it's kind of as simple as that. He knows what he's talking about, and, he, and you just kind of got to listen. Talk about your. Uh, obviously, we have an amazing coaching staff at Syracuse, but obviously, you've been. There's been comparisons drawn to you and 
GMAC, and obviously in high school you probably heard that all the time. Just talk about GMAC, and obviously he played a huge role in my one year at Syracuse. Just talk about the relationship that you had, the, the older brother type that he, he's been to you, and just, just kind of like your relationship that, that you've had with him over your past four years. Yeah, G's, G's, I mean, he's second to none in the reasons that I'm here. Um, you know, he he's recruited me since I was 15 years with, old um, and kind of... With all the acne all over your face, he, 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 saw, he saw you through that, that time? A little bang, bangs coming down to the, 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 uh, the eyebrows, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, no, but seriously, he's he's been with me since the beginning. And, um, yeah, with the comparison, it was... It was an honor for me just being someone who's from New York. Obviously, it was a little too young to kind of watch G-Mac during his time, but I was, it was always something I always heard, Jerry McNamara, Jerry McNamara. And until I really sat, like, got to the age of like watching players who I you know can learn things from and watch them on YouTube and stuff, I didn't really understand it. Um, but then once you start getting recruited by Syracuse, you kind of see and understand the magnitude of like how much Jerry means to Syracuse and like the fan base and everything. And once that started, you know, you kind of idolize him. He's recruiting you, but at the same time, he's kind of you kind of idolize him, and you you know you, you look up to him as somebody who you aspire to be and things you aspire to do. So, at first, that's what it was like for me. But the more and more he kept recruiting me, it was kind of just having casual talks. Like you know, we would if, if us three were to hang out on the couch, we would just have casual talks. That's kind of what it was like for me and GMAC. And you know, that's what made me like this place so much, fall in love with it so much, is that I was open to having any conversation with anybody here and the staff, but. GMAC especially, just like I said, he put so much time into it. Um, he came to Glens Falls I don't know how many times. He called me I don't know how many times. And he was uh, someone I looked up to at one point pretty much. So um, to be recruited by him was an honor, obviously. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely made the right choice. And he's he's the reason I'm, again, going back to the transfer portal. If if, if I ever had a thought about it, there would be no reason to because I have GMAC here and he's somebody I trust and can lean on for anything. Yeah, I mean, you two and all our teammates last year know I was no stranger to, like, idolizing GMAC when I was a little kid being from Scranton. But he he strikes as good of a balance as any coach can between he's, like, your friend at points, and then he could be so intense, and it's like he'll be like he'll get on you if you make a mistake, but at the same time it's like he'll put his arm around you and, like, literally act. Like, you two especially had such – Swider mentioned it, but it was like a little brother, older brother situation, like – and that's, that's, that's why it's so good, though, is, like, you know, when you're when you're so close to somebody, you can get on them even more. Yeah, that exactly. Makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. if, if, you're, like, if you weren't connected to somebody and, you know, they, they, they told you you did something wrong, you might be like, who are you to tell me that? You know what I mean? But, like, having that relationship with GMAC is why also, you know, you can he coaches so well and coaches so hard because he knows that, you know, he can trust you and you can trust him and, mm-hmm. you know, just tons of there. I, I just think – like, like you guys said, he has the. I, I've never seen a person be able to balance that, that ultimate competitiveness of, of just being a, a killer it's dog, but also being able to to joke around with you in the midst of the battle. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I remember. I remember when we were playing. We were playing Duke, and uh, <laughs> I I got fouled on a three. I think Jeremy Roach fouled me on a three, and I went to the line, made the first one. The second one went like in and out, then like dropped it. I looked over to the side. G backs like. You know what I mean? He's looking at me like, I'm like, all right, we're in the middle of this game. And he has the wherewithal to, like, look at me, make me laugh a little bit, and, like, just kind of diffuse the situation in terms of, like, the pressure of it. It's like, like, and one, one thing that I, like, he used to say this all the time to us, we were going through the struggles last year of losing close game after close game, heartbreaker after heartbreaker. And 
the whole entire time his message to us was like, like we're not going to look at our season until the until the the product's over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when when you're in a game, in the middle of a game, like don't look at it until it's over. Like the play's over, the game's over. You know what I mean? Like because the season's so long. Like like we, we beat Duke, we win the AC tournament, then our season's the the best season ever. We you know what I mean? We probably make the Sweet Sixteen. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I just and like they talk about his two thousand. 2006 season, his senior year, when they lost to the. Yeah. He, he talks. How many times has he brought up this story. story? I think I've heard that story. The DePaul game. I remember that game when I was little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he 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 brings up those, and again, it just goes back to like being able to re- relate to him. Like he's been through everything yeah. that we're going through, and like that's why it's so amazing. Like so, sometimes just calming hearing it from him because he's he's gone through it and he knows what he's talking about again. With just going back to work. another good reason, true. Too, that you know, Syracuse is one of the only few schools who always hires people who've already played, you know, yeah. through Syracuse because they've gone through exactly what we've gone through. All three assistant coaches played for Coach Bayheim and know how he can get on his players, so you can relate to them as well and just hear from them. So, but yeah, no, G Mac, uh, I've heard that story a few times about Paul. What <laughs> one of his favorite, or one of my favorite lines from him last season is like, "You or Buddy might make a mistake on defense." And he's like, I played the position. Played the position. I did this. <laughs> you're like, yeah, you're, like you can't even say anything because he he literally leads the school in in minutes. So it's like, yeah, well, you actually did. <laughs> hard, it's hard to argue that one. Yeah. Obviously, like our coaches are so amazing. The reason why we're talking about GMAC so much is like me and Joe were both in his position group. We were with him every single day. But just talk about just the relationship that you have with the coaches at Syracuse. Um, obviously, Red Griff Pete. Um, even Bury, uh, Todd, just talk about the, 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 kind of, the kind of the swirls, you know what I mean? Just talk about the kind of the family atmosphere of Syracuse and what, what makes that yeah. place so special. Because, I mean, I was only there for one year, and I feel like I can, I can go back anytime, and yeah. it's just a, such a family atmosphere. Right. Well, first it starts with Coach Bayheim. You know, you you got to have a head coach who's willing to allow so many people to come back in and willing to – you know, keep so many Syracuse family there. And, you know, he, he, he still helps out former players, whether no matter what it is. And, you know, that's yeah. just amazing. So that's first off just a testament to Coach Beheim. But, um, you know, with the staff right now, I, I, I haven't really obviously experienced another staff, but these guys are by far <laughs> yeah. the funniest coaching staff I've ever been around. And I think they're, they're probably second to none in the whole country. But personally, um, especially recently with, you know, this summer, I think I, I've – I've I've played a lot of golf with all three of the assistants, and uh, it seems like every single time it gets funnier and funnier. And like it, again, with how I was with Jerry, you know, just seeing as it, you know, being a friend with him, like I I feel like I'm just friends with Coach Red, Coach Griff, Pete, all these guys, and like I can just talk about whatever with them. But uh, that's just what makes it again so much better on the court, because the relationship off the court is so easy to kind of get along with each other, and you know. I'm I'm fine, you know, when they yell at me. I'm 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 listening to what they say and all that kind of stuff, just because I know I can trust them and you know the relationship I have with them has been you know unbelievable. Yeah, so obviously Syracuse is an amazing place. Just I kind of want to go back a little bit. We're not going to go back through your whole entire childhood. Obviously, you're Glen's Glen Falls, Glen's Falls legend. You know what I mean, and and obviously everything like that. But we talk about your freshman year a little bit, how you kind of earned your spot. Talk about, obviously, the COVID year. We, we talked about this with a bunch of guys, obviously, Buddy, Colin. And yeah. Colin has such a unique perspective of the COVID year, <laughs> how, how much he hated it. Talk about the, yeah. co- the COVID year, and obviously you guys were able to make the Sweet 16 run. 
up and down year for, for for you guys, and then you guys got into the tournament and, and obviously uh, got to Sweet Sixteen. Just talk about that year a little bit and and how much that year helped helped you grow. Yeah, the COVID year was obviously, like you said, it was a roller coaster. <laughs> um, for me personally, it didn't obviously start off or go pretty much throughout the whole most of the season the way I really wanted. Um, for me, I got asthma, and then unfortunately, I got COVID, and it kind of affected me a little bit different than it might affect other people. But I didn't, I didn't also, I also didn't like it was just, not that the season wasn't fun for me, but I wasn't enjoying playing basketball. Like you know, it just wasn't something that. Now every day you want to work out, going to lifts, going to the practice, going to games. I, I I look forward to it, you know, every single day before I go to bed. You know, I'm thinking about what I got to do the next day, and I'm like having fun doing it. Um, during COVID, it just seemed like whether I was, you know, no matter what I was doing, it just wasn't fun, and you know, nothing was nothing was really going on, and it just wasn't something that I enjoyed. But it was just something. It felt like it felt more like something I had to do rather than something that I wanted to do. If that makes sense. And um, obviously. You know, the season was up and down, like you said. We were losing games. I wasn't playing great. You know, I was going up and down, up and down, up and down. And then we hit February, and, you know, first off, Buddy started going on this tremendous run where he was, you know, averaging was damn near 25, 26 points. And it kind of just rallied the team, honestly, around him. And uh, I think towards the end of February, I really, like I said, started to enjoy basketball again, really understanding that, you know, whatever, everybody has to deal with COVID. It's not just me. And uh, just kind of sucking it up and just moving on with life. Um, but I found love again and started working harder again, getting back to the gym, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, the season just took off from there. You know, we made – we won a few games. We won a, won a few big games at the end of the season that we need, we knew we needed to win if we wanted to get to the tournament. Um, won a pretty big game in the first round of the ACC tournament and then lost a heartbreaker to Virginia at the buzzer. Um, what, what's the, uh, the point guard? Hadn't made a shot. Yeah, had made a shot all game and makes the the three at the buzzer, of course. So that's just kind of how basketball goes sometimes and how it seemed like that season was going for us. Uh, but we still snuck into the tournament and you know how Cuse does in March. So we kind of just had a Cuse March moment um, and, you know, I had a pretty good tournament and, you know, really it kind of elevated me into last year, um, you know, personally wise. So uh, that was good for me to just kind of get my mind back on track. But COVID was a roller coaster season. <laughs> Talk about that March Madness run and just like obviously you playing pretty well, but just being next to Buddy during like all like yeah. that that national coverage, like he's like lighting the tournament on fire, just like it it, it was just like obviously for outside yeah. perspective of me being in the tournament, I, it was amazing to watch, but just, just kind of talk about being his backcourt mate and everything like that. No, that was that was unreal. I think the first two the first two games I had twelve seven and six both games, and I think all seven might have came from just throwing at the buddy and having him, you know, hit a hit shot in someone's back. <laughs> so, you know, my stats were looking great, but I, I, I think I have to give mostly, most of the uh, credit yeah, to Buddy. That's, just making all that's triple-double watch there. Almost. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Game, I was like, in the first half of the, the – the first game, he just went nuts right from the jump. Like, mm -hmm. you tell, you know, this is a Buddy moment and we're going with – it's a, it's a Syracuse in March pretty much happening. So, Buddy was going nuts right from the jump. And, like, again, in that certain situation, kind of rallied us together because he got two fouls in the first half and actually had to come out. And that's kind of – I slid over to the two for those few minutes he was out and kind of, you know, I think I hit three, two or three threes in the first half, whatever it was. Um, then he came back in. Second half just went nuts again. Like, he was just on one from the beginning of that game. But the second game against West Virginia, his first half, he, he, he kind of struggled for, you know, 
after what he was doing the whole end of the season. And I was just telling him at that time, I was like, you know, bud, we're, we, we know what you're going to do. Like, just, just stay with it. Stay with it. G-Mac was telling him, obviously, everybody was telling him to stay with it. He comes out in the second half and he almost wow. – Yeah, whack, pretty much. He had 20-something <laughs> in the second half. And, I, it, it, and we needed it, too, because first half we were beating West Virginia, not not by a lot, but we were beating them and handling the game pretty much. Um, And it was kind of a surprise. But second half, like any team in the tournament does, who's a two-seed, they start – or three-seed, whatever they were, they start, you know, making their way back into the game especially with the way West Virginia play, plays, pressing the whole game, all that kind of stuff. They start making their way back into the game, and they're making big shots. And then we come down the other end, and Buddy's making big shots. So he 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 pretty much carried us. Um, and, you know, it was, it was something I'll never forget, just being – the whole experience in general, um, obviously with Buddy just doing what he did. But the whole experience as a, being in March Madness, once you go once, you know, you always have that itch to go back. So um, that experience definitely will stay with me for a while. But um, – yeah, it was it was unbelievable. <laughs> I wanted to stay on that real quick because you've mentioned a couple times how good Cuse is in March every single year. Kind of, can you give us like a, a behind the scenes look for the listeners of like what the the feel and the electricity in the locker room is for that run because it happens so often. And there's such a there's such this like attitude where it's like we could play the number one team in the country right now. Yeah, we got in like we snuck in as eleven seed, but like we're definitely gonna beat them. <laughs> it, yeah it, it's it's hard to explain because like you just kind of it, it's just like a, and it's cliche to say but it's like a magical feeling um you know once you get in and you're playing all these teams and you kind of just hear about you hear you hear it so much keeps in march keeps in march all these things you hear mm-hmm. it so much but then you really kind of you get there and i had to experience it in the bubble in the bubble you know covid bubble whatever so but the experience was still unbelievable. You know, we're pretty much doing the same thing, just we weren't, we weren't traveling, you know, to different regions, stuff like that. But everything else was the same. But in the locker room, in practice, you kind of see the way Coach Beheim walks around. It's like a little different of a vibe. Um, you know, he's a little bit more – he's always competitive, but he's like a little mm-hmm. more – he's a little more into it. <laughs> you know, every single play, every single thing is is to, the, to a T. You know, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. And, you know, it kind of prepares you. Um, you know, for these big games. But the best part about it is, you know, with Syracuse 2-3 zone, let's, the other teams just don't see it. You know, like our first yeah. game, San Diego State, they didn't see a 2-3 zone all year. You know, West Virginia, they're playing the, the Big 12. All those teams are, you know, press, pressing man-to-man the whole game, getting up in you, and they never see a 2-3 zone either. So um, that kind of just changes the vibe, too. We kind of have a confidence on defense um, that, you know, this team hasn't seen it before, and we can bring a little bit different action to this game. But the vibes are just a little different. It's just hard to explain. Um, you can just tell that, and it's inspiring as a player to like really witness mm-hmm. Coach Beheim, who you've heard about your whole life and understand he's a Hall of Famer and one of the best to ever do it. Just like kind of you know witness and watch the watch what he's doing during that time because it's it's so much. It's not that it's so much different, but it's just like a different vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe. Obviously, playing for Coach Beheim this year, like even like in the early yeah. tournament, yeah. both felt that a little bit. Right. You know, like obviously. Yeah. Like, like, like walking walk, walk which... walk the same the 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 Saint oh Francis, the walk to Saint Francis, and you kind of just look over and there's Coach Beheim like getting ready for like an ACC tournament game. You know what I'm saying? Like you kind of just look and you're like, all right, this 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 walkthrough is about to be a little bit different than maybe before. we've had before. And it's just, just kind of like it gets you going. You, going, you, know you know what I mean? No, for sure, for sure. Can you, actually... Can you guys actually both one of you tell the story of that walkthrough, Swatter? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I guess I could. So after we put, after we swatter frozen. Well, no. J- Jimmy, Jimmy loves bringing up how we just freaking just clobber Florida State. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, destroyed them. <laughs> Dude, I got in with like 10 minutes. freaking smashed them. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, uh, we obviously play, played a good game against Florida State, won that game, and, um, and then after after the game, we get to the hotel, and Coach Benham's like, "We're going right to St. Francis, Brooklyn." So so we so we go over to St. Francis, Brooklyn, and we basically put in like this triangle and two. We're supposed buddy was supposed to play at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, on Adrian Griffin and Mark Williams. No, no, right? right? No, it was uh, Keels. Yeah. Jimmy was like roaming around down below. Like, yeah. Right? was going like kind of kind of yeah but but our, but our main focus was to take away aj griffin and and uh the lob. and the lob so like just yeah, the lob. We're, we're obviously going through that and this whole entire time we're planning for buddy to obviously play in the game thinking that buddy's gonna play in the game um so we, we go through about i would say we went through that defense for about 15 minutes and coach Bayham's like yep that's good <laughs> <laughs> and like to have have the wherewithal and and it, and it worked and it worked you yeah. know what i mean like Coach oh Bayhams just oh one of the best like moments. Coach Bayhams just season. so simple. One of the best moments of the season is Keels got the tip off and he crossed half court and obviously you're playing Syracuse. He's expecting to see the zone and he looked and didn't see the zone and he looked over at their bench. He was like, "What, what the, the hell, hell is happening? We're <laughs> on zone." <laughs> you kind of just you know not that like the crowd just kind of like was like silent. Like, yeah, it was. It was like, wait, wait, wait. What, what's happening here? <laughs> I'm at I'm at half court guarding a man to man, and they're all just like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, like Coach Beheim said said to us, he's like, all right, if Wendell Moore and Jeremy Roach get twenty, like we'll, we'll live with us losing. <laughs> Wendell Moore went off. Wendell Moore yeah. went off, and Jeremy Roach went off. Dude, Jeremy Roach. Oh, Jeremy, Jeremy missed like his first three or four shots. And then, and then he had five straight threes. So that he had that huge three at the end. And then he was then Barama, three weeks. Then Barama followed him in the corner. Everybody tripped on himself. Dude, yo, B hit him so hard. B trucked him. He was flying out there. But obviously, yeah, no. Jimmy gets that tip in. We go up one with like three thirty left. Oh, we were up one with three and a half minutes left, and Buddy was out. Just like the there were so many should have worked last year. I don't thought about it, but yeah. that was uh, yeah. that was a fun game, fun atmosphere. But just another uh, example of how this is for us. <laughs> yeah. So uh, obviously, sophomore year, go to Sweet Sixteen, junior year. Just talk about that kind of the summer going for going from your sophomore to junior year. Um, what were you focusing on? Um, and obviously, we don't have to talk about the, the all the close games that we we could have, would have, should have, all the all those things. But just talk about the, obviously you you made a big jump. I thought as a player, as a point guard, yeah. ha, ha, having to deal with all those little guys and and obviously not having me and me and Buddy not being primary ball handlers. You kind of just. Out there by yourself. So just talk, kind, of, kind of just talk about that that transformation that you had to make, not having Kadari by your side anymore. Just just kind of being the main ball handler. Yes, it, the off season was more um, the whole off season, and you know, leading into the season, even in the season, it was kind of just motivation for me. Um, honestly, it was just a mental game. Uh, I just wanted to prove to myself again that you know I belong there. Like I said the year before, I uh, 
wasn't happy with how I played and until like late February, March, whatever it was. Um, so I was just kind of going into that year with the mindset that I don't even care what the reports or what they write about me this year. I just want to do it for myself and uh, kind of prove to myself again that um, this is, you know, who I am and what I am as a player. Um, so that was kind of just, again, the kind of person I am. I can psych myself out to – like in the summer workout, Swider accidentally hits me and el- elbows me into the, the neck, and I just freak out because that's just how I am. I psych myself out just to pretty much get myself going. You know what I mean? And it's just. And it makes like 12 straight shots out. Yeah. yeah. And that's just how yeah. I am. And it's just like I, 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 I was just motivated. And that's how you have to be on the basketball court. And as a competitor, you have to be that way each and every game and each and every play. And uh, it was just motivation for me. And I. I enjoyed how I played, you know, most most of the time. But obviously, you know, we didn't get as many wins as I wanted to, um, and you know, was itching to get back to the tournament, and that was unfortunate. But um, yeah, I think the off season and you know the whole season was just a motivation factor for me. And again, it'll hopefully be another one this year. Um, sort of staying on that point, I want to ask you about like your mindset because Swatter, right, we've had some gamers on the podcast, but I think Gerard is is number one easily in in the gamer category. Like, like perfect I don't know, example. Jordy makes yeah, shots in practice too, though. So like, I I, no, I, I yeah, consider a gamer yeah. like 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 a guy who just like shows up, just get like just kind of gets through it, and then when the game comes, no. you know what I mean. So no. like, yeah, no, I'm talking yeah, about like talking back about, against like, the wall. We're down wall, twelve, down like first half like, against yeah, Duke, yeah, and Girardi yeah, yeah, just like three straight threes. Whap whap whap. Or or the story you just told that like Swider hits you in the back of the head, and then you're like, all right, I'm just gonna have like twenty in a row here. That was funny. That was good. We were playing ones. It was me, him, and Buddy just playing ones. And I, it was a summer workout in probably June. It was July, whatever, when, when we all just got there. And I was – not that I was going half-assed, but I I was whatever. And then Swatter does that, and it just kind of gave me that switch to kind of, like, wake yeah, up. Yeah. But, no, uh, I kind of just – it's just a competitive spirit. I kind of just attest that to my – the way I grew up. Uh, yeah. You know, I've talked about it so many times. Like, I graduated with 12 cousins. There's so many Gerards in Lens Falls, but I was always around somebody who wanted to be better than me and I wanted to be better than them, whether it was playing video games or scoring on a test or beating them in a race, whatever it was. I always just wanted to be better than them and they wanted to be better than me. And more often than not, we were playing backyard football or uh, in, the, in a mini hoop basketball, whatever it was. Nobody ever left without throwing punches or bleeding or crying. And it was just kind of something that we all got as a, a Gerard. It was just like, you know, you just have to be tough and you have to compete. And when you're and when you're back against the wall, like you said, you kind of just have to be the be the best version of yourself. And one thing that my dad always, you know, instilled in me when I was a kid, when he was our like CYO coach when we were, you know, fifth, sixth, whatever whatever grade that was. Um in Glen Falls, you don't play the best teams. Obviously, you know, it's a public school, and, you know, there's some teams around you who, you know, you can walk in the gym, and you've already won by 50. Um, but growing up, he uh, growing up, he he always would say to me, I don't care how, how you do against, you know, such and such. It's what you do against, you know, the bigger schools, mm-hmm. the higher, the better teams, and all that kind of stuff. So I would go home to my dad, and, you know, I thought I had a pretty good game against, you know, a lesser team, and – he just wouldn't say anything good, you know, like it wasn't like he, he wouldn't tell me anything good. He would just tell me what I did wrong. Um, and I was just kind of like at the time I'm in fifth grade. I didn't, I was just mad at him for like getting mad at me for having a good game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, had yeah, like, yeah, I, was like, I was just, you're really going to be mad at me, but honestly, it's like, it's got me to where I am for, for, for what I am right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, looking back on it, 
I wouldn't want it any other way. Um, and it's 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 made me the player and the person I am. And again, it just goes back to competitive spirit um, and having having those having that attitude in the big big moments. <laughs> so obviously you're you're an outstanding shooter, but I, I thought last year you kind of made the the switch of um, like not not only relying on on your shooting ability, but kind of getting in a, into a routine every single day of. Like, all right, I'm gonna come in, shoot my shots in the gun, do my do my ball handling, do my yeah. my form shooting. Kind of kind of talk about, I mean, because obviously you've been an outstanding shooter your whole entire life, but kind of talk about what what, what kind of got you into that routine because it was every single day. It was it wasn't it wasn't just yeah. on on a Tuesday after a bad shooting game. It wasn't just on a th- like you know what I mean. It wasn't it wasn't twice a week. It was every single. So kind of just talk about what went into that. And I, I think you made a huge jump. I mean, you shot over forty percent last year. Just kind of talk about what went into that and 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 how you kind of got into that routine. Yeah, that goes back to again the motivation factor. Just uh, want to prove it again to myself, but at the same time, kind of understanding that um, I was going to have a bigger opportunity than I did the first two years. Um, you know, with obviously the players we had. I know you, buddy. Um, we're going to score a lot. You know, that's kind of how and Jimmy. That's kind of how Syracuse runs its offense through the wings um, and through shooters. So. I knew you guys were gonna score a lot, and I think, and I also knew it was gonna be my, it was gonna be my. However, I did with the, not that I was gonna get a little amount of shots, but I'm not gonna get a high volume of shots each and every game. I just knew that, and so it was what I kind of did with the nine, eight, ten shots that I would get a game, and you know, kind of having to rely on that. And, you know, I knew it was gonna be a big part of what we did because, again, like I said, I had a bigger role. I had to step up a little bit from what I was doing in previous years. Um, but with what I got, I knew I needed to make the most of it because um, it would help our team. So I think that was just a big thing for me is being motivated again to prove myself, not even prove it to everybody else, but just prove it to myself that, you know, I could do this and what I could do. Um, but then, again, having the ability to help the team because I knew we needed it. Like I said, we had, you know, three, four, five, whatever great scores on the team. Um, but with last year's squad, we weren't just the way we played. We weren't getting much else from anybody else. So I knew that. I was going to have to be relied on, you know, multiple times in the game, but it might not be for the high volume. So for the medium to little volume you get, you got to make the most of it. So obviously Coach Beheim said a bunch of times in the media and the press this year that, that he wants to play you off the ball this year. So you have, you have Judah coming in. You're kind of playing uh, a two-guard this year. You're, you're going to be relied on yeah. to, score, to score 20. You know what I mean? You're going to be relied on to, to be that main scorer. Talk about that kind of that transition this year and, like what you're looking forward to and obviously just kind of that tradition from being the main ball handler to now, now you're kind of getting put in that buddy role. Right. Yeah. Um, like you experienced, like you've seen the, the two guard and the wings are the more fun position for sure in terms of scoring. <laughs> and I think you, if you ask any basketball player, they'd be lying if they said they didn't care about scoring and like scoring and have it be, the, you know, the fun part of the game. Um, so, uh, and like you said, I, I've been known as a shooter, but I kind of like to call myself a scorer um, and, you know, be, have the ability to be able to score in many different assets, whether it be from the free throw line, um, you know, pull up jump shots or three, obviously. Um, I like to be able to be known as a scorer. So I think moving off the ball kind of helps me be able to do that um, and get to certain spots in a little bit better situation while not having to dribble it up 94 feet and getting pressed by, you know, the guards in the ACC and then have to go run off screen. So um, it gives me a little bit of a time to – not catch my breath, but not have to deal with so much pressure and then, you know, kind of try and figure out how to score. It kind of just gives me the opportunity to run off off-ball screens and uh, 
use my uh, advantage of, you know, knowing how to use those screens. And uh, with the players we have, like you said, the guards we have are really athletic. Um, So if teams don't help off me, these guys are going to be able to get into the lane, you know, go dunk it, go lob it up to Jesse, whatever it is. So it'll, it'll, and like Coach Bam said, it's going to be beneficial for me, but it's also going to be beneficial for the team as well. A lot of, a lot of two play, a lot of five high two. <laughs> Get Girardi off the screen, yeah. Those are two plays for for the listeners. at that now? Yeah. yeah. Up and the other, I'm gonna be able to be under the basket, running off of it. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more fun. Um, but you've said it a couple times. People don't give any like high level college basketball point guards enough credit for how difficult it is. Literally, just cross half court. Like, yeah. Bringing the ball up is it's one of the harder things you could do, and people just take it for granted because you have to do it a hundred times a game. But it's like it's exhausting. Not that I've done it, but just watching you, I would be tired. I would tell Gerard all the time, bro. I was like, bro, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, like yeah. I, I, I can't do it. Like, <laughs> you would, you would always say that. You would say it like behind, like randomly. We'd be like watching TV at UV, and you're like, Gerardi, bring the ball up. It's just like, like when, when you were like maybe like when you hurt your thumb or whatever, and like you're out for like a two plays. So I was like, I don't know how how Gerardi does this like the whole entire game. <laughs> oh, it's, it's hard it is it's 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 real like you're like you're on an island and oh my god you have to be focused on not losing the ball but at the same time Dude. you gotta be focused on making sure that's shit. Shit. yeah you gotta make sure the other balls are in the play and you know what i mean easily easily the most mortifying thing in sports is when you get picked in the backcourt and then they make the layup and they immediately give you the ball again they're like yeah you gotta go do that again you're like first time oh yeah everyone goes crazy <laughs> Yeah, that it, again. It's made me a better player, though. It's made it's given me the ability to work through things that maybe I never had done before. But I've it's it's been, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> but it's gonna be even more fun, I think, running off the yeah. ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, obviously, we talked a lot about this year's team. Obviously, we're kind of getting to that point in the podcast of just talking about this year's team. But um, I mean, what what are, what are some of your goals for for this year? You know what I mean? Obviously, it's. Uh, it's it's not a, it's not an older veteran team. It's not it's not a team that's been together for three or four years. But what what are some things that that, that personal and then obviously team goals um, that you guys have t- you guys have kind of talked about and being a leader now it's it's obviously um, like it or not it's going to be on your shoulders like the the, se- the season. So kind of just talk yeah. about talk about that. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I mean, first and foremost, again, like I said earlier, I just want to get back. to NCAA tournament, um, you know, having experienced that feeling, there's nothing like it. And I've been itching to get back ever since. So that's the first and main goal. Um, other than that, obviously, you know, we want to be in the you know upper half of the ACC. Um, it's been a little bit since Syracuse has been able to do that. Um, and I think we have the team and the ability to do it. Um, it's just going to have to come quicker than we need and come quicker than we might want and think because, you know, there's so many young guys. But we'll be able to do it, I think, um, with, you know, having Jesse back. Um, and, you know, myself, Samir, and Benny, you know, some of the guys who have been here and understand what it takes to win. It, 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 we're hoping it comes quicker. Uh, but at the same time, I personally, uh, I was left off some of the preseason teams, but hopefully I can make it onto those teams, um, you know, with whatever that may be. Uh, but that's another thing that goes to the motivation and, you know, makes me even work harder and think about it even more and having the back of my head is just to uh, – get better each and every day. But I think, you know, a lot of time people don't understand that most of the guys on those teams are on winning teams. Um, and, you know, you have to be able to win in order to, you know, get the notoriety for yourself. So that's, again, why it goes back to just being able to 
be focused on winning and uh, have the rest fall into place. Yeah, obviously, uh, we, we really appreciate we really appreciate you, Joe, for coming on the podcast. It's, um me, Patty, Adam. Hey, wait. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got I got one final question. So obviously, right now, Cuse is rocking with football. No slack to Garrett Schrader. He's having a great season. But for those who don't know, Gerard was also a high-level quarterback in high school. Who was? Did you actually sort somewhat look into playing both at places? Yeah, I, I got recruited uh, for a while from like my sophomore yeah. year of high school to like right before senior year. I was kind of balancing both just to see. Um, right. I got recruited to play both at Penn State, um, but specifically just for football, I was. Indiana had come and watched me, called me, Wake Forest, um, Tulane offered me, UMass offered me. Um, so I had a bunch of schools, honestly, that were kind of interested in me just for football, but there was a few that were just uh, yeah. as well. So, that- But, like, if you're if you're under center this weekend, what do your stats look like? Right now, do I do – well, That's not yeah. fair. Do I have, like, no. a few years under my belt or a few, like – like- well, Let's say you get an off season to prepare. Like, you're with the f- football team all summer. I think, uh, man, um, I think I can pull out a few W's for us, you know, in the, okay. know, right. uh, I don't know yeah. about the specific style. You know, Greg Paulus did it, um, after his, oh, yeah, true. Yeah. He came back and he played QB at Syracuse for a whole year. Um, but I think if I, if I had to practice, I could definitely be able to do it. It's something I miss. And, uh, before Schrader, uh, you know, was playing really well, like he is this year. I'd always get those mentions in my Twitter and my tweets. Uh, <laughs> the best quarterback on campus is playing basketball. So those have those have kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, but you know, Keys playing well, done really well so far. Yeah, they're they're playing very well. They got screwed by the rest That's of the other day. They did. Yeah, it was unfortunate. Unfortunate. We'd be remiss to, to not talk about how Joe was the best, best golfer, golfer on campus, campus as well. well. Yes, sir. I like that Swider. Keep it coming. Yep. 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 You, Casey, you know me. Uh, Casey, Casey's still uh, challenging that. I never got to play with Casey though. Yeah, no, I was I was never invited on the uh, <laughs> on the drumlins trips. Yeah, no. Trust I, me, I, you're I not you're not missing much. I, I beat him. Jordan, Jordan, I, beat I beat him. Oh really? Oh really? <laughs> wait, wait. So we've brought we've you've now brought that up on all seven episodes. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good I, uh, I've taken a liking to golf. That's for sure. The internship this this year this summer helped me. <laughs> Oh, did you work there this summer again? I had to do it this summer because uh, my cap's home for sport management. So. Oh, really? A lot of basketball, a lot of golf. <laughs> yeah, that helps again. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just had to sneak in the one the one football question at the end there. But thank you, Patty. Thanks, thanks a lot for joining us, Joe. Yes, uh, sir. Good luck this season. Obviously, we'll be we'll be tuned in. We'll be doing some sort of Q's update weekly. And, yeah, uh, hey guys. Yeah. yeah. Slider, definitely, uh, you get off the 15-day DL pretty soon and get back out there for the LA, <laughs> baby. I always am tuned in, by the way, because it helps a lot that most of your games are on, like, Tuesdays, and I don't got class Wednesday till like, 2 o'clock, so I stay up and watch. Yeah. Gerardi, I, I appreciate it. Um, okay. Yeah, man. I, obviously, we're struggling a little bit right now shooting the ball, which we didn't struggle with last year with the Syracuse team. But yeah. <laughs> we're really good on defense, which we did struggle with last year with the Syracuse team. <laughs> Balance it out a little bit, huh? Seriously, yeah. I, I I was I was telling someone the uh, I was actually telling someone today I was like, you know what you know what stinks? 
is that we're losing games the same same way that I lost them last year, but the teams are complete opposites. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Joe, really appreciate you coming on. Obviously, uh, always been a great friend of mine since I stepped on campus. So, um, really appreciate it uh, from me, Patty, Adam, and Jake, and and obviously the, the listeners really appreciate it as well. So, um, obviously, good luck this year. We know you're gonna kill it. And then uh, hopefully I'm seeing you up here next year. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, fellas. It's been a fun time. And uh, I, I am an active listener, so I'll be tuning in pretty soon. Yep. Love yeah, it. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Thank you. All right, fellas. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this week's show. To find out who will be joining us next week, Make sure you're following us on all social media platforms at Swider Show on Instagram, at Swider Show on Twitter, and at Swider Show on TikTok. We also recently developed our very own YouTube page, www.youtube.com slash at Swider Show, and subscribe. You can send in a mailbag question to be featured on the show, swidershow at gmail.com. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure to turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode week to week. Cole Swider Show with Patty Casey is presented by Blue Wire Podcast and our executive producer is Adam Lewis. Swider Show is created by Cole Swider, Patty Casey, and producer Adam Lewis. All rights reserved. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.